I said, well, hell, I got it going on then. everyone welcome back to the reload podcast my name is kyle boone and with me today is kyle cox editor and contributor at pistols firing blog uh cox is going to help me break down some uh national signing day superlatives little uh late national signing day superlatives we're also going to talk about uh mike boynton and osu hoops and uh, a little bit of predictions for 2018 so cox how's it going man it's going pretty good. It's uh, better than it's probably going for Mike Boynton and, and the team as they're making the trek back to Stillwater right now. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're recording this uh, late Wednesday night. We just watched OSU get beat fairly handily by Kansas State uh, at the Oct- Octagon of Doom in, in Manhattan. <laughs> uh, we will get to that uh, result here shortly. Uh, there's not a whole lot of news, and I know this is kind of a, a, a quasi-recruiting podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about some recruiting, first of all. Um, so let's just go ahead and kick it off with uh, with some National Signing Day superlatives and get your take on uh, some of the best recruits for OSU's 2018 class. Um, like I said, there's not, not a whole lot of news. There's not a whole lot of commitments that uh, have come about. In fact, there's not been any since last we talked. Um, so I believe they're recruiting one or two before the February signing period. And, uh, certainly once, once we get news on potentially filling that spot or spots, uh, we will probably try and pod on that. But for now, let's, let's go ahead and move into, into some superlatives. So I wrote a post earlier this week on pistols firing, talking about, uh, some of the most athletic, most versatile, you know, just regular superlatives. Mm-hmm. So I wrote mine. I want to get your take on some of yours, and we'll just go back and forth with this. So uh, OSU signed 23 men in the uh, 2018 class, so I kind of went line by line as to who I thought might fit each role best. Uh, most athletic, uh, I got some I caught some heat on this, and I'm kind of surprised. Most athletic, I wrote C.J. Moore, the six foot five receiver from Tulsa Union, who's uh, not only going to play wide receiver for OSU, but he's also going to do, uh, I, I believe he's going to do high jump. Long, I, yeah, yeah, long jump, I'm sorry. Long jump, I think. Um, so yeah, he's a two-sport athlete. He's just a freak of nature. He runs like really, really well for a 6'5 mm-hmm. kid. Um, I, I, I can see you splitting hairs with that, but it's hard to dispute that he's probably the most athletic in the, in the group. Who, who would you say is your most athletic? I would say C.J. Moore is probably yeah. a pretty safe bet there. I mean, you could make a case for a couple people. Uh, I think Cardwell uh, is probably one of those people kind of sneaky, yeah. athletic, uh, and a good spot for him. You know, that's a good – at the uh, corner position. I, could see, I see some people were going with uh, Spencer Sanders, which I guess – I mean, I guess you can – it's hard to say. As far as like an athlete, that, I guess that goes back to which, how do you define an athlete? Is it the fastest guy or whatever? I, yeah. I think – from a pure athlete standpoint, I, I can, uh, I'm pretty, I, I want to agree with you there with the CJ Moore. So yeah, I mean, how question for you on, C, on Spencer Sanders? 
How many positions do you think you can play like legitimately for Oklahoma State besides quarterback? Right. Um, yeah, because he could There's probably nothing... play like cornerback for OSU or something, right? Like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, they they, get, they turn quarterbacks into cornerbacks before, I guess. I don't right. know if that's worked out great. <laughs> Ramon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To safeties, to no. I mean, yeah. I mean, I. I guess you could say both or either one, but I, I think from a pure athlete standpoint, CJ Moore's your best bet. Okay, all right, unanimous. I'm glad we agree. Okay, yeah. so most versatile, I wrote Sean Michael Flanagan. Uh, Flanagan was a late add for the 2018 class. OSU poached Flanagan somewhat out of uh, Arkansas's 2018 class. Uh, a really talented safety prospect. He played receiver in high school, played a little bit of running back in high school, played just about everywhere on both sides of the ball. Um, this one I'm not as set on. I think if you disagreed with me, I I wouldn't hate you, but who would you think is, is probably the most versatile in this, in this 2018 class? Uh, I think you probably are... Most right on that one. I, there's a couple guys you could go with there. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Late, I think Tyler Lacey might be one of those guys. Maybe yeah. not by versatile, by the, like that he's going to play three positions on the field. Right. But I think he can bring a couple different things uh, to OSU once he finally gets to a point where he can tr- contribute. So. Yeah. Yeah. And like Gabe Lemons got some consideration there. Like L- Lemons has been like. Really, in high school, he's been mostly a wide receiver slash offensive player, um, mm-hmm. but he's played a little bit of cornerback, and that's where he's going to play it in at OSU is is at the corner spot. So he got a little bit of consideration. I just thought um, upside and proven ability. I thought Flanagan got the nod there for me, so I'm feeling comfortable with that. All right, so we're kind of two for two. I I feel like we're agreeing too much. This is making me nervous <laughs> now. Uh. Day one starter. Uh, this one may be a no-brainer, but maybe you'll disagree with me. I wrote Spencer Sanders, uh, the four-star quarterback out of Denton Ryan. You know, he he put up you know forty-five hundred total yards as as a senior. Mm-hmm. Accounted for almost sixty touchdowns in total. Uh, Gatorade Texas Player of the Year. A freak athlete can pretty much do it all. I still think he's probably going to start from day one. Um, as soon as he arrives on campus, I think he's going to be handed the reins to the offense, a la Trey Young. Uh, who who do you think is, is the day one starter? Well, we we can go back and revisit our last time we talked about this. I yeah. You kind of torched me for saying that Cornelius was going to be the uh, day one <laughs> starter. And I think Gundy kind of just like set that whole thing on fire as it is a early signing day press conference. But – uh, so, yeah, I mean, if any of these guys is a day one starter, I have to say it's still Sanders because he's, for one, the biggest need. Right. And most of these other guys are going to be guys that at least aren't, aren't – well, there's some some guys could, could contribute, but none of them are going to be guys that are called upon necessarily to be guys right off the bat. Right. Uh, especially your offensive line guys. You don't expect any of them to probably even play. Uh, I could see Cardwell or even uh, – yeah, McAllister playing. McAllister, maybe yeah. even getting into the rotation just because they they need depth there. But right at corner, they, for sure. Day one starter, I I think yeah, it's probably if it is anybody there, it's definitely Sanders. And I still think he's, I still thought he was going to start at some point. I just wasn't sure if 
Gundy was ready to hand over the reins, but it sounds like he's already given him a key to his ranch and everything. You know, right? I know the locker, fishing locker's already got his own place. It's amazing. He's actually gushed <laughs> about him, which is really surprising. Right. Yeah. yeah. I I I, th- I think we're on the same page there. I think Spencer Sanders is is the guy, um, and not only because I think he's probably by far the most talented. I just think you got to play your best player. Uh, yeah. Sanders is far and away your best option, and if you're gonna send a message that you want to win football games, I think you got to take the good with the bad. And Sanders might have some bad, but um, mm-hmm. the upside there is you know he's a freak talent. He can throw on the run he can do a little bit of everything so i like that i think spencer sanders is, is probably the best bet there and you're basically eliminating five players from the class the all of the offensive linemen right <laughs> sure. talking about the day one start if, you, I don't think any of them if, if any of those guys had to start day one then maybe sanders doesn't want to start <laughs> yeah day one. they might be in trouble yeah he might yeah. he might get the dax garmin treatment if he starts exactly. from day one i agree Okay, so moving on, uh, the biggest de- uh, biggest steal of the 2018 class. I'll let you go first on this one. Who do you think is the bi- the biggest steal, or maybe someone who you thought OSU got a good deal on? That sounds like OSU's dealing in in money with recruits, which they are not. Sports Illustrated, right? No, yeah. I, as from a steal, just to to play contrarian for once so far, I'll go with. Uh, uh, I think I'll go with Flanagan on this one, just because they stole him out of. Uh, off literally. the hill, you know, literally stole him. I still think that was kind of funny that Mike Gunny went on like forever in his press conference about teams poaching recruits, yeah. and he just basically just poached. I know they have a coaching change, but they have been recruiting him the whole time as well. Right. And when you go back to Antoine, who's the one he was basically talking about uh, when he left for Colorado or went to Colorado right. last minute, uh, I mean, OSU's coaches were. Even when he before Hugh Freeze, the whole, whole Hugh Freeze situation, they were they were recruiting him the whole time too. And every 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 school does it, so that's why I still come back. I think it's kind of a silly thing to, to spend so much time talking about. But every every school does it. Every you know, it's reverse recruiting, negative recruiting. That that, that all happens. But anyway, yeah, I think I'll go with Flanagan on this just because I think they got a quality a quality recruit and maybe one that I think fans may not maybe underestimating a little bit because I think he's – I think sure. he could be a uh, – in the next two years, I think he's a, a big-time contributor on yeah, the defense. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I think that's that's a really good call. I, lo- I really like Flanagan as a, as a long-term option at safety. Um, speaking of poaching, I, I know this is kind of a sidebar, but did you watch the, the Mike Gundy uh, mega cast for ESPN? I watched most of it, yeah. Yeah. So he was sitting like – directly across from Kevin Sumlin, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How hard was he side-eyeing <laughs> Kevin Sumlin? Like, you know in the back of Gunny's head, right. he's like, oh, you've stolen so many recruits from me right. over the years. Like, I would love to have Nick Starkle back. I would sure. love to have Ryan McCollum back. Like, all these dudes have just flipped over the years to Texas A&M. And you know that someone's doing the swag copter and yeah. all that. And now, like, well, That's all I can maybe- think about. I, I, maybe he just uh, was did the sportsman thing and and got the last laugh because obviously he Kevin Sumlin was the one up there without a uh, team logo on his shirt. So yeah, that's awkward. That is awkward. I, yeah, it was kind of a they they seemed like they were chatting it up a little bit later in the broadcast, but it didn't seem like they were talking too much early. I don't know. Yeah, 
Yeah, Gundy didn't show too much emotion on that on that mega cast. So no, he didn't. Uh, no, no, not too much all. into it. Uh, that the uh, reaction at the end there was amazing yeah. on, on that game winning touchdown. Tua. Everybody's like banging their heads against the desk, and it's just Tua literally. Throws, I think, yeah, Tua so, throws the game winning touchdown, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh!" And David Cutcliffe's you know freaking out, and Gundy's like, "Yeah." Not bad. I don't know if he if he didn't care or maybe he just really wasn't paying attention and then he just had to play it off like he didn't care. <laughs> I feel like that <laughs> was neither. He was just like, yeah, you know, <laughs> okay. I've seen plenty of football before. This yeah, people fine. throw touchdowns. It happens. <laughs> Get over it. Seen Messin throw that a, a thousand times before this season, so exactly. it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, pretty good. Uh, biggest deal, I had Tyler Lacey in, in this um, just because I think, you know, long term, I think he's a really good option at defensive end. Uh, I a little birdie tells me that Texas offered him the day before signing day, uh, oh, yeah. which is really poachers. interesting. Poachers, I'm telling you, poachers. Yeah, yeah. So OSU OSU was able to hang on to him, and and good on Lacey because he committed really really early in the process. Uh, that would have left OSU in a really bad spot if he had flipped yeah. the day before signing day. Uh, they would have really been hurting on the defensive line after Antwine had already flipped and signed with Colorado. So I like Tyler Lacey as a prospect. That, you know, he's the 12th highest rated commit in OSU's class. Um, but as far as production goes, you know, I think he's tops in the class. I think, you know, his his sack numbers, he had double-digit sacks, mm-hmm. uh, double-digit tackles for loss as a senior. Um, so I really like him. I think I think he's a star in waiting. Uh, most intriguing prospects in the class. I went with two. I went with Javion Cardwell, your boy, and mm-hmm. I went with Tanner McAllister, the two cornerbacks, um, the two true cornerbacks of the class. You know, McAllister was a former Arkansas commit who uh, who flipped to Oklahoma State late in the process, and uh, Cardwell committed to OSU early in the process. Five foot eleven speedster. Uh, I really like his talent. I think he's going to play big minutes as a freshman. I could see them both playing rotation minutes as freshmen. Mm-hmm. Um, who's your most intriguing or maybe the most interesting takes of OSU's class? I, I'm going to go, just to change it up, I'm going to go with uh, Tyrese Williams just because yeah. maybe not – I mean, I think he's a good prospect, but I'll be intrigued to see. He's. Pro- I wonder if he's the one of the, the offensive linemen on this class that, that gets to see the field first yeah. just because – I mean, I would think we all we all assume Johnny Wilson probably has the starting center spot to that's his to lose. Yeah, and he he did all right. He he did admirably when he had to uh, this year, and he'll have another year to to learn that. But you know, that's something you have to have depth at. You really need guys with with experience. You know, at the center position and at the guard position. So I, I don't know that he plays this year, but uh, I think he could be a, a big time piece for him moving forward. Yeah. yeah. I I um uh, I think I agree with you. Um, I talked to Tyrese like sometime last month, and he just got sh- uh, shoulder surgery, and mm-hmm. so his you know That's his, right. his short term outlook is not super great. I think he's got like you know a six plus month recovery timetable, and that's the only reason why I think that he may redshirt as a freshman. But if he can come back, I think he could he could play because he's a true center. Um, yeah. You know, and and that's that's really what they OSU have, needs. I don't think they have one on the roster after Tyler uh, yeah. Tyler Moore 
you know, after he had to end his career. Because Wilson was – did he play – I don't think he played center in high school, did he? I don't think so. But he, he played a little bit of center and played a little bit of guard. Okay. So, but, you know, Tyrese has been a true center basically his entire football career. So to have someone who – and Tyrese is really, really smart. So having someone who can, you know, diagnose the defense and, and figure out – what play is happening where I think it mm-hmm. is really smart and hopefully they can get Tyrese back really quickly because I think he could he could be if they can kind of develop the rapport between he and Spencer Sanders from day one, I think that would be huge. But in any case, I think they're set at center, whether it's at Johnny Wilson or, or Tyrese Williams. I think they're gonna be they're gonna be okay. Uh moving on, biggest need uh, I'm doubling up here because I actually wrote Tyrese Williams as the biggest need um, with the caveat that he's returning from surgery. You know, Brad Lundblad is moving on. Uh, his eight-year tenure is coming to a ceremonious <laughs> yep. end. I'm really sad about it. Uh, he was the Perry Ellis of Oklahoma State football. A there truly great center. Um, I th- you know, I thought he had a great career, and especially to – to start his career as a walk-on and finish as you know as productive as he was, I think is a, is you know it's huge. It's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, no more Tyler Moore, as you mentioned, his his football career is over. So uh, Johnny Wilson's the only true center on the roster, and uh, Johnny uh, Josh Henson has made it a point to make sure that all his offensive linemen know every position. So that's mm-hmm. I don't think that. Um, if Tyrese Williams can't play from day one, I don't think it's going to be, you know, make or break for OSU. But if he could be healthy, I think that would be a, a huge boon. So we'll see how that how that uh, develops moving forward. But I like Tyrese Williams as OSU's long term option at at uh, at center, and eventually Johnny will Johnny Wilson can play at guard where he he really thrived last year. I mm-hmm. thought he was really good at guard. Yeah. Who was your biggest uh, player who filled the biggest need in 2018 class? Well, I'm, I think the obvious one here is, is Spencer Sanders. So I'll, I'll go with Spencer Sanders to, to change it up a little bit. Um, I, we, we, we've got, you know, five other – is it five quarterbacks on the roster? Five, I think. Um, but John Colbert, um, Keandre Woodty, Spencer Sanders now. Taylor. Uh, Taylor Cornelius, and I believe that's it. Jel- uh, Jelani Woods has moved to Cowboy back. And I guess Trayson Wallace, because I think he's still considered a quarterback yeah. as well. Uh, Trayson Wallace. So, yeah, Trayson Wallace okay. is, the, is your fifth man. And your, guy, your fifth-year senior coming in is, as I think he's completed 15 passes on during his career in Stillwater. So, um, not – Spencer Sanders' career, you know, has zero passes in college too. But right. uh, if his upside is is what everybody knows it is, then I I think he feels the biggest need. I don't think that that means OSU can really can win the Big Twelve next year. But I think getting that that taking that next step. I mean, imagine if the way circumstances worked out, where say Mason Rudolph had a full year to develop instead of just three games, how much further along he would have been in his career. Yeah, or in his uh, you know development, say year two and year three. Yeah. Now, who knows? I mean, you can't say what's going to happen in the future, but um, I think he feels biggest need. And going back to what we were talking about poaching, do you think Mike Gundy has like no poaching signs up on his ranch, and that's why he invited <laughs> him over to go fishing? It's got to like be. A, 
he's got a watchtower like at the practice facility, but he's got it on his overlook overlooking his ponds, making sure no Kevin Summon isn't you know, his helicopter's not swooping in. Yeah. I and maybe that's where the, the fishing store originated. He's like Yeah, you know, Spencer, I want you to fish for exactly eight hours. I don't want you to move. <laughs> yeah, don't don't move. let anyone don't answer your phone. You have no cell service anyway. But if anyone <laughs> calls, please don't answer it. It it has to be. Yeah, it's got to be it. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I like that one. I think Spencer Sanders is definitely a biggest need, only because I think he plays from day one. So, uh, Most likely to play on Sundays. I went with Bryce Bray, the Bigsby offensive lineman. I think he's a stud. I wanted to give some love to Josh Henson's, um offensive line group just because he brought in literally an entire offensive line. He brought in the left tackle, a left guard, a center, right guard, and right tackle. Um, yeah. And Bra- uh, Bray is, is more of a guard. I think he will play soon. I don't think he'll be a day one starter. I'm not sure any offensive lineman straight out of high school is a day one starter. Right. Uh, with the exception of, you know, like your Russell O'Coons or something like that. But yeah. Um, I, I really like Bryce Bray. I think he's got a high upside. Six foot five, 310 ish. He's probably closer to 320 by now um but yeah he he picked osu over ou and a bunch of other offers in his recruitment um which is obviously it's a big deal to win a win a recruiting battle over ou so i really like bray's upside i think he's probably the most likely to play on sundays um Mm -hmm. i like i like cj Moore too it's hard it's hard to not pick a six foot five receiver who can go yeah. up and get the ball and I, and run like a you know like a ten four or something like that. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go with more on this one. I, I like I like where you got on Bryce Bryce Bray, but I think you give him two to th- or three years. Yeah, especially under you know Rob Glass and and just growing up basically you know out of being a kid to a man. I think he's gonna be just a stud, and I yeah. think you know. Who knows with all the receiver talent they have still, who's going to get what number of targets and, and what yards? But I think he's one of those guys that, regardless of what he does, he's going to go to like to the NFL Combine and he's just going to blow people away, probably. Yeah. Which I think I think you know guys like, uh, you know, even uh, Marcel Aitman, you know, he's not going to be the fastest guy out there, but I think he's one of those guys that's going to earn himself a lot of money when he goes to the Combine as well. So I think so too. Yeah, I think, I think right. and he's he's gonna fill a need there with Aitman being gone, who's also one of your ten year guys right. at OSU. So who's <laughs> been their number one guy on the outside. So we'll see if he can be that that effective. But and I think he probably can be. But yeah, just from a straight athlete standpoint, I don't I don't see how he doesn't just like wow some dudes in like three or four years from now in the combine. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Uh, let's move on to our five predictions. We both made, you made predictions for the Oklahoma State, uh, 2018 year, and Mm -hmm. I made five predictions. Let's just go through, you pick one of your favorite predictions, and I will pick one of my favorite, because I don't think we have time to go through all of them. Um, I've got mine picked out here. I'll let you go first, though. Okay. Of my own, of my own predictions, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, all right. Um, man. Okay, I'm going to, yeah, my number five, and I said OSU will field one of the top three quarterbacks in the Big 12 next year. Oh, and that's interesting. Elaborate. I, okay, so I, I think if you're going to look at 
on paper, who's who's probably the leader, the leader, I guess, in the clubhouse? Probably Will Greer. He's got the probably the skill set yeah. and the most experience, and he's he's the number one guy coming coming out of West Virginia next year. Yep. Um, and then there's a bunch of question marks. Kenny Hill's gone. Obviously, the two best quarterbacks in the maybe in the country are gone. Yep. Uh, in Mayfield and Rudolph. So I mean, Kyler Murray's probably going to be the, the starter at OU, but yep. we still don't know a ton about him. We don't know how good he's going to be. So I think whether it's day one, as you predict, or maybe day two or day three, you know, uh, I think Sanders is probably a top three guy. There, there's always going to be someone that comes out that you're not 100% sure about that may surprise people or turn some heads, but I don't really think there's anybody else out there. And it, maybe it's not as much – about Sanders as it is about how much talent is leaving the league this next year. So right, it's going to be interesting because there's going to be a lot. Of, it's I think the Big Twelve race is going to be wide open, honestly. And I don't know that OSU probably has enough to come back to maybe win it. Maybe they do. It's it's hard to say. OU's still going to be good. Uh, who knows what TCU is going to look like? Uh, who knows really what West Virginia is going to look like? They're probably the most stable coming back, but. You know, it's it's hard to say. So yeah, I think Sanders is at least the third best quarterback in the Big Twelve. Wow. Okay. I like that. I'm all in. I'm all in on Spencer Sanders. Uh I'm also picking my number five prediction, which is Justice Hill will win the Heisman. Yeah. Um uh, I feel like a lot of people thought I was being hot takey with that and my predictions post was semi hot takey anyway. But <laughs> yeah. I, I seriously think that Hill can win the Heisman. I mean, you look at what he did last season. Um, OSU used him kind of as like a second option. I mean, Rudolph was the guy. They tried to mm-hmm. ride Rudolph for as long as they could. You know, they started a, a, a Mason-Heisman campaign before the yeah. season even started. Um, and they were all in. They wanted to showcase Rudolph. They tried to get him all the numbers he could put up, all the touchdowns he could throw to James Washington down the field. And still yet, Justice Hill was like kind of the second best player on the team behind James Washington, I think. I think Rudolph was maybe third. Um I don't know. I just I just think that I just think Justice Hill's the best player on the 2018 football team and I don't I don't think that uh you can find a better running back anywhere outside of Justice Hill. I I think he's definitely the best player on the team yeah. um from what we know right now. Um uh, and being uh, an upperclassman, I think we we've talked about him getting a bunch of carries last last year, but there's going to be games where it's just like <laughs> rush, rush, rush. Maybe we'll throw one. I, I think they're going to like lean heavy on him, and I think he's shown he's durable enough and strong enough, and he's obviously can make plays. I think he can can handle that. Maybe they you kind of like to see him spread around a little bit more, but uh, you've got J D King will be a year older and should be a year better and stronger, yeah. and then. We'll see what Chuba can do if he can, you know, gone. Chuba gone. Chuba gone. He's I'm gone. really, I'm really curious to see what Chuba can do. Another it's one. It's gonna of my... be their running backs. is gonna be like their their wide receiver group coming into this last year. Like how many, how many, you know, Gunny's gonna be talking about how many. There's just not enough balls, not enough footballs to find him. Yeah. So I'm curious to see kind of how the offensive line group looks going into 2018 because. You know, they're replacing Zach Crabtree. They're replacing Aaron Cochran. They're replacing Brad Lundblade. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot. A, they're replacing, you know, three-fifths, 60% of their offensive line. 
And they're and probably going to take a step back. I mean, that should be predictable. Uh, yeah, I think that think. one five guys in this class is awesome. And I think if Henson can stay, if they can keep Henson where he is, and it seems yeah. like he isn't going anywhere. But I think he's I think in two or three years, they could have that could go back to being a strength. But it's not something that happens overnight, obviously. And when you have a bunch of seniors leave, they, they could get a bonus. And I'm not like reporting anything. I'm just assuming that Larry Williams uh, will possibly uh, try yeah. to get a uh, medical hardship, whatever, because I think he only appeared in four games. Yeah. And with him basically missing two straight years with, with you know, leg injuries, I think right. he's got a good case for it. And if they do, he's, he's been really good when he's healthy. Yeah, uh, I agree. So he could he would be he'd be a shoe in starter and that'd be a big help to their running game. But we'll we'll see. But yeah, either way they're gonna be replacing both uh both tackles and uh, a center, so that's that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I still think Justice Hill can overcome some offensive line woes and, and make you look a lot better than maybe you are up front, but um I don't know. Maybe off. Maybe OSU's offensive line has been like semi elite for two years and made like made Justice Hill look pretty good. I don't. I, I, I don't think, know. I think your first point is probably more likely, but because there, there were so many of those of those runs where he he just like in that bowl game when they ran it, just handed off the ball. Like was it third and eleven at the end of the game there? Yeah, just give it to the there best player. There wasn't much there, and he just. He made a play happen, so yeah. And I, I, the offensive line has improved over the last two years, but there's definitely a bunch of those plays where there wasn't much there, and, and he makes he makes it, you know, makes the play himself. So right, uh, it's always a good thing to have. So yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, I'm not going to go out on the uh, Heisman limb, but I think he'll be a in the talk all year for sure. It also depends on how good OSU is as a team. Yeah, because a team like Ohio sure. State, if if you're not going to be you know, up there, if you're like on your way to eight win season, I don't think Oklahoma State, unless he just puts up, you know, some Barry Sanders numbers or something. I don't know that they're going to carry the, the clout to, to get into New York, but we'll see. I don't know. I, he's definitely got the skills and the, the talent to do it. So, yeah, that's that's a really good point. OSU has to be good for Justice Hill to win the Heisman. So, I'm I'm hoping and rooting for ten wins next year, so <laughs> so my boy Justice Hill can get to New York. Um, so we promised the listeners that we would talk a little bit about OSU basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about that for like three minutes, and then let's let's get out of here. Um, OSU lost on Wednesday night, eighty six eighty two to Kansas State. They are one and three in Big Twelve play. They're now eleven and five, and they've got a pretty brutal schedule coming up where they 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 get Texas mm-hmm. at home. Yep. They travel to Baylor. They play OU at home. They travel to Texas Tech. They travel to Arkansas. They get TCU at home. They travel to Lawrence. Then they get Baylor at home. Then they travel to Morgantown. Um, according to Ken Palm, depends on how much you you know put your stock in Ken Palm. Yeah. OSU is expected to lose all but one of those games. Um. And right now, Ken Palm projects him to finish sixteen and fifteen, which would be six and twelve in the Big Twelve. Um, yeah. Do you think that's pretty accurate? Not accurate? What do you think? About I mean, that's issues? probably pretty accurate. I, I'm looking at that as that little string of games, and I, I'm having a hard time talking myself into three wins. Yeah, I am too. Being a possibility. I mean, that sounds down, but I mean, we saw it tonight. We saw it. We've seen it all year, but. 
especially without Tavares Shine in in the lineup after he got injured, they just don't have any offense. Nope. If they're not if they're not getting turnovers and getting in fast break, they're just not scoring. Yep. And it's it, they settled for a ton of threes early, and they're not very good at shooting the three. <laughs> so yeah, and they you could tell they made an effort to get down low, but it all, it almost looked like. Boynton was saying, all right, we got to get down in the, into the paint. And they were almost forcing it to the point where they were killing their offense, spending half half the shot clock just trying to get an open pass to Mitchell Solomon, who was double-teamed. So if they're not moving, and it, I just don't think they have the dudes offensively. I think Jeffrey Carroll is probably their best player. I think Tavares Shine's been their best player this year. And if he's not going to play for any amount of time, I think they're in a lot of trouble. But yeah. I think, I think Carroll – was awesome last year, but Carroll was also the number two option. And yeah, uh, Juwan Evans being on the court hides a lot of of things, and, and he makes makes it where you can't key in on Jeffrey Carroll. Right now, he's just he's the number one on the, everybody else's scouting report. And if you're going to hassle him and force him to make tough shots or try to make plays, it's it's a lot harder for him, which it would be for anybody. But um, I think maybe we oversold his numbers and how good he was last year as the playing off of Evans. And without having a, a, a dynamic playmaker like that. So yeah. it, I think their offense is, is just going to be like this. They're going to go through those four-minute stretches where they can't score. And if they can't just force a ton of turnovers like tonight, they I think they got uh, eight against a team, the Kansas State team that doesn't turn the ball over very much. They're going to have a hard time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think, you know, a lot of people are saying that NCAA tournament is possible, but – at this point, I think you'd be happy to probably get into the NIT. Um, and that's not a bad thing. Based off what no. Mike Boynton inherited, you know, this roster, and kicking Devon and, and Zach Dawson off the, off the team, yeah. I, think that would be a, I think that would be a good thing. And I know that sounds crazy, sure. but um, well, go to the NIT, get, in, get some experience, you know, get some yeah. extra games under your belt, get some postseason experience under your belt. And get some momentum, win some postseason games, and come back for 2018, and maybe find a point guard who you know who can run your offense. I think that would be a huge boost. Yeah, if they make the tournament, it's going to be just off the clout of the Big Twelve itself, and yeah. they're going to be one of those teams that there's a couple teams out there who just hate Oklahoma State because, and it's happened a couple of times where they they probably shouldn't have got in the tournament a couple of years. A couple of those teams that. Uh, Travis Ford had to get in there. Probably didn't have any business getting in the tournament, but because yep. the Big Twelve was what what it, what it is, and even it's even deeper this year. Maybe they go still, you know, a, a game in Lawrence somehow, or yep. maybe they, you know, they beat OU at home, and then it's enough style points to get him in. But I mean, they're they're playing to to build for the future, and Boynton's going to have to he's going to have to have a couple years to do that. Like you said, they're just depleted talent wise. I mean, yep. they were anyway, and then with Dawson and and Dillard off the team. I mean, Dillard was a huge loss. Yeah, Dawson, we, we'll never know how good he would have been, but Dillard was when once he was getting into shape and back into game shape. He's he was a, a really player. versatile, versatile player. Yep. For his for his he's kind of a tweener, but he's strong enough to play good defense, and he could provide you a spark. And they just don't have a spark off the bench like that. So yep. It's yep. uh it's gonna be a long year, I think, for uh, the Cowboys. But yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, maybe Mike Boynton surprises us all and takes us to a you know double digit seed, and they 
make it to the NCAA we, tournament. I think that would be the best uh, the best possible option. But um, yeah, you know, we'll we'll play it by ear. I'm gonna try to be rational about it, but um, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Okay, uh, let's get out of here. It is almost eleven o'clock uh, on on a school night. I know you got to get to school yeah. tomorrow. Um, <laughs> exactly. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening uh, to the Reload Podcast. Be sure to subscribe uh, in your iTunes feed and give us some reviews. Make sure to give us some positive reviews, preferably about me. I want you to write nice things about me, uh, about my (laughs) hair. Maybe talk a little bit about Cox's hair as well. Um, There you go. And we will be back uh, next week to talk a little bit more about OSU's 2019 class. Hopefully we will have a new guest next week, and uh, so we will talk to you then. All right. Thanks, Cox. Thank you. See you. All right. See ya.